and welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you to live your life well. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can jump on our website at differentlight.com.au and click the connect button. Or could we encourage you to also support our work by clicking on the giving button? Thanks so much for listening. Hey, and welcome back to the Lighthouse podcast. My name is Andy Flaherty and if you've been following along, you know that we have begun a new series called Can You Believe It? What we're looking at through this series is the foundational beliefs of Christianity that we practice at Lighthouse and we believe by doing that, by really studying these long-standing traditional beliefs we have, We're creating a strong foundation for us to make good decisions with our lives and to have healthy practices in our living. We open the series by talking about the authority that the Bible has as a written text for us to learn from. And we also talked about God and how He's so far yet so near, so big and yet so small, and that the way to truly embrace Him is through embracing the mystery of what we can't possibly fathom about Him and just enjoying the fact that we don't know all there is to know about God. And yet, He reveals parts of Himself to us through the Bible and through the person and nature of Jesus Christ. Which brings us to today's podcast, Can You Believe It? Who is Jesus Christ? Well, let's get started by reading a couple of bits of the Bible to each other. I encourage you to join me by picking up a Bible or maybe looking at it on your phone as I read these words. And they're going to kind of frame our journey into understanding our beliefs about Jesus Christ. The first passage I'm going to read is from Ephesians chapter 1, and it sounds like this. Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy, set apart, and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us for adoption to sonship and daughtership through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and His will. How good is it to know that God's work isn't just his purpose, his, his, his desire to adopt us into his family isn't just his purpose, but he takes pleasure in it as well. He delights in being in relationship with us. Let's jump over to our next reading. It's the very next book in the New Testament, Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to read the first 11 verses and it says this, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, it's talking about that family that we read about just now in Ephesians, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Holy Spirit, if you have any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit 
and one of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility. Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And then this cool thing happens in the Bible, the typeset changes, which lets us know that this was either a poem or maybe even a song that they used to sing to each other in the church in Philippi. And it goes like this. Who, being in very nature God, didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. The Father. You might have picked up in these two chapters that we read that there's a reference to Jesus' name. It says it a couple of times, maybe multiple times in the opening lines of these two books. We're going to look at Jesus' name today, and I'm going to propose that Jesus' name itself teaches us what we believe about him. You know, names are really important. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was at my daughter's zone swimming carnival and I uh, bumped into one of my daughter's friend's mums who I met a few years back, but I couldn't for the life of me remember her name that day. And out of a sincere desire to honor her and, and let her know that I, I remembered who she was, I just asked my daughter if she would do a special mission for me that day. It wasn't to swim as fast as she could. It was actually to ask her friend what her mum's name was and report back to me so that I could go and say hi and, uh, and catch up and begin a conversation. Little did I know... Uh, in that next moment, I found myself standing next to the lady I was trying to remember her name. And my daughter had gone on her mission too. And she turned around to call out to me, Dad, her name's Patricia. And I was standing right next to her. Oh, talk about awkward, right? Anyway, I said, sorry, I just had Audrey checking for your name so that I could remember it. Because it's important to me to remember names. And I, I wanted to remember yours. Names are important. Our names uh, form part of our identity. In Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, Juliet is reasoning why her and Romeo's family names are creating such obstacles for their love. She says, what's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would still smell just as sweet. 
ultimately we know that this feud between the families and their namesakes leads to Romeo and Juliet's demise. It's a great tragedy. We know that names are important. And in fact, the names we believe about ourselves and the names we put belief into is really important. Names will either make you or break you. Like Juliet, you could romanticize about what you wish you could be called. But I'm going to propose something different. I'm going to propose that when you put your belief in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, He actually transforms you and refreshes you. He refreshes your thinking and inspires your actions so that you can live a stronger kind of self with a deep sense of faith for your present circumstances, a great hope for your future, and a deep love for him, yourself, and others. Around here at Lighthouse, we believe God, who we already learned is mysterious but embraceable, is made touchable through Jesus. It's like we have an image or a person through whom we can understand God better. And by believing in Him, our relationship with God becomes more authentic and more real. See, God became human and we embrace that through the imagery of father to son. We see God as a heavenly father of Jesus and Joseph as an earthly father. And together they name Jesus the son. When you read the New Testament and you read the Gospels, you come across the story in Matthew and Luke where Joseph and Mary, respectively, are visited by a messenger from God. The messenger says the same thing to both of them. You're going to have a baby from God and you shall call him Jesus. The beginning of Mark's Gospel starts with, this is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God. And the interesting thing about this is, is that these guys unashamedly name Jesus as Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus was accused of on a number of occasions and ultimately what the Jewish elites and scribes and teachers of the law accused Jesus of, which led to his death. Calling Jesus Lord and Christ was an executionable offense. And here we have Matthew, Luke, Mark, and even John putting it into writing that Jesus is both Lord and Christ. What's more than that, John goes on to say, whoever receives Jesus as the Christ, whoever believes in his name, he gives them the right to become children of God. And we see this new idea begin to emerge where, by believing in Jesus, we actually become part of God's family, His very children. 
When you read the letters that are put down by other authors of the New Testament, like Paul, for example, you'll see him reflect on the name of Jesus, like we read in Ephesians and Philippians. But Romans also opens talking about the sake of Jesus' name. Galatians talks to us about grace and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. James and Jude, two other authors in the New Testament, identify themselves as servants of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And Peter, who also penned some of the New Testament, was made famous for declaring that Jesus was the Messiah, both audibly with his mouth and penning it in his letters. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For the New Testament authors and for us today, Jesus' name is the belief we have about Jesus. So it's important we understand what the name Lord Jesus Christ means. So let's break it down into its three parts. Lord. Well, it means what you think it means. In the Old Testament, the word was Adonai, and in the New Testament, it was Kyrios. And this idea conveys something like a master or a sir, the boss of something. When we call Jesus Lord, what we're saying is that he is our master. Alongside being our friend and our savior, we also declare him as our master. That's a unique thing. It's not common, particularly in Australia, for an Australian person to acknowledge that someone is their master. But part of the journey of believing in Jesus is to say, actually, Jesus, you are my master. And when I'm living my life, acting the way I do and thinking the way I do, if any of that comes into conflict or is contrary to the kind of thinking and actions I see in your life, in your story, then I change, I repent, I turn from that thinking, and I adopt yours. And that is how a Christian makes Jesus their Lord. Then there's this very unusual thing happens where God comes to earth himself and takes on a very common Hebrew name, Yeshua or Joshua or Yesu in Greek. This name meant God is salvation. And some of our people at Lighthouse asked a fantastic question in that they asked, why did God pick such a common name when he came to earth? The answer is astonishing. And it's got something to do with what we read earlier in Philippians. You see, Jesus was a Hebrew man. And in the Hebrew context, the name of God was unspoken. It was a series of Hebrew vowels that were unpronounceable unless any consonants were attached. And the way this name formed, what we call Yahweh, but in the Hebrew, the vowels Yod, He, Vo, He come together and they make no sense because you can't actually say them. And this conveyed an important image about God is that he's so big and so far and so great, and so unfathomable, that you can't even speak his name. 
And yet, here comes Jesus with an instruction from God that his name would be Jesus, a common Hebrew name that means God is salvation. This conveys something so beautiful about the kind of God God is, is that when he came to be here with us and join in relationship with us, he came on a first name basis. Isn't that amazing? The God who is so hard to understand and so far beyond us and so powerful connects with us in a way that we can be on a first name basis and speak his name with ease. That's why in Philippians chapter 2, verse 11, it reminds us that every tongue can acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord because we can say his name. We can be on a first name basis with God. And then there comes the last and maybe the biggest part of Jesus' name. We've got Lord, we've got Jesus, and then we read this other name, the Christ. Now, the Christ is not an ordinary surname. In fact, Christ is this expansive idea that occurs from the first pages of the Bible through to the last. And it's this huge, all-encompassing idea that from the moment humanity abandoned God, God put together a plan and a promise to be reunited with them. And he was going to send someone who was going to make this happen. This someone was going to be called the Messiah. And you can trace the concept of this story and narrative all the way through every book of the Bible. It's a fascinating study that you can commit your entire life to or dabble with us today. Jesus' friends, by the time he lived with them, ate with them, died in front of them and rose again, believed that he was the fulfillment and the embodiment of this idea of the Christ, or in the Hebrew, the Messiah, the Messiah. So when we say Jesus is Lord Jesus Christ, we are saying what we believe about him. We are saying that he isn't just our master, he isn't just our salvation, And he's not just the fulfillment of God's promise to humanity since the dawn of time. We're saying he's all of those things. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. What do we believe about who Jesus is? We believe he's our master. We believe he saves us from all of our harmful thinking, ideas and mistakes. And we say that he has been promised to us from the very first moment that we abandoned God. He's that and so much more. But for today, we just wanted to have a little bit of an understanding about the depth of meaning that comes through when we speak His name. But some of us live under names that aren't as life-giving as the Lord Jesus Christ's name. Some of us have adopted names or been labeled with names that actually don't give us any life at all. We've either been named or or taken on names 
that direct our identity toward living small, agreeing with our flaws and and deconstructing our mindset into some sort of chaotic and anxious existence. We call ourselves names like shameful, proud, scared, wrong, small, ugly, skinny, fat, unworthy, anxious, and lonely. But you don't have to be known by those names. Those names don't have to have any power over your life. In fact, you can believe in a name that lifts you out of anxiety. You can believe in a name that heals you from pain and shame and the things that cause that. You can believe in a name that empowers you to use your strength and your giftedness for the good of others. You can believe in a name that redefines and refreshes your identity and moves you to live a life that is complete and echoes the beautiful kindness of God from eternity into your reality. You can live a life believing in the name of the Lord Jesus the Christ that will lift you into a new, full experience of living where you find yourself identified, adopted, and unified with God and His purposes for you. It's a beautiful place to live from. And if you're listening to this and you want to live from that place, then I invite you to do three things. The first one is to pray and to say, Lord Jesus, I want to believe in your name. And I believe that I can let go of any other names that are being held over me that cause me to live small. And I can find myself in your name. And I want to live that full life that you promised. And then I want you to ask God in prayer, God, who do you say I am? Say, to God, I want to be in Jesus and I want to find myself in Jesus. So, God, who do you say I am? And then listen. wonder maybe God will give you a thought or an idea or maybe draw your senses towards something you can see or hear. And perhaps he'll speak to you through that. Or, or maybe he'll speak to you through some pages from the Bible that we read today. I invite you to bring prayer before God and to adopt, uh, be adopted into God's family through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The second thing I want you to practice or encourage is to develop for yourself what I call a life image. This is an idea that reminds you of who you are in Jesus. Maybe it's a tree or for me, mine's a shield. It's an idea that People have prayed and encouraged me with many times and that it's for protection, but not necessarily to cause harm to anyone else. And as I think about a shield, it helps me to be confident of the purposes God has for me. So maybe have a think about what is your life image? What metaphor can God speak to you about your life and your purpose in Him 
as you continue to form this beautiful, refreshed and strengthened identity in the name of Jesus Christ. And then finally, I want to invite you to read. Read the Bible, as much of it as you can, looking for particular things about your life image. Just read them while you're praying and ask God to speak to you through those. Maybe if you've got people around you, share your ideas with them and let them speak to it as well. For as long as those practices, the prayer, the life image, and the reading are unearthing godly kind, loving, gentle, grace-filled, and peaceful things in your life, you can be sure that that's probably God's presence through His power and His, uh, His presence of His Holy Spirit being there, encouraging you and helping yourself, helping you to be redefined and re-identified in Jesus Christ. Jesus' name is what we believe about Him. And when we say his name over our life, we are saying that he is our master, our savior, and has been promised to us since the first time we abandoned God. God wants to know you on a first name basis. And that name is Jesus. God bless you and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Lighthouse Podcast. We hope this message brings inspiration and encouragement to your day. If you want to check out any of our other podcasts or the work that we do or when and where we gather, jump on our website at differentlight.com.au. Catch you later.